0: Welcome back to Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers from the Millbank Podcast Network from Millbank, South Dakota. Dave, welcome back into the studio. It's always a pleasure to
1: sit down together and,
0: and learn something from you. So,
1: Well, thank you, Craig. It's, it's <laughs> always a delight to come in, and especially this week, uh, having celebrated Resurrection Sunday. I yes. hope that you and your family enjoyed a, a wonderful Easter service. Absolutely. Good stuff. And this week, um, we're still
0: just second episode into uh, James 2. Um, Kind of intriguing. I don't know if you planned this or not, but talking about living faith and dead faith today, uh, right after Easter Sunday. Good work. It just worked (laughs) out that way. But uh, certainly
1: the theme uh, resonates with the season. Oh, yeah. So uh, just want to give the listener a, a quick refresher, if we may. Uh, We're going through the book of James, uh, a letter that was written to the early church. Uh, The church had grown exponentially uh, in its infancy. It had suffered a period of persecution. As a result of that persecution, many of the followers that uh, were in the Jerusalem area had fled to the surrounding nations. James was the pastor of the early church in Jerusalem. And having a burden for these these folks, he wrote them to encourage them, and that's what this, this letter, this epistle is all about. Uh, something that I said uh, several weeks ago as we began this study is that the book of James is called the Proverbs of the New Testament because it contains some very practical instruction uh, to the the followers of Jesus Christ. And so, Uh, We are going to continue in our study, and I hope that the instruction we discover today is something that is practical to us. I'm going to be looking today at uh, James 2, verses 14 through 26. And I want to read that passage, if I may, out of the New American Standard Bible. Uh, And I would just invite you, if you have a Bible, to follow along uh, or to listen, because James is talking here about the importance of a living faith versus a dead faith uh, and warning them about the importance of having that living faith. And so let's read together. James says, What use is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? In the same way, faith also. If it has no works, is dead, being by itse- itself. But someone may well say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to acknowledge, you foolish person, that faith without works is useless? Was our father Abraham not justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see, that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was Rahab the harlot, or the prostitute, not justified by works also when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. This is somewhat of a controversial passage of Scripture, Uh, and it's been a source of disagreement among theologians throughout the ages. The reason being is that it seems to contradict the teachings of the Apostle Paul regarding faith. We remember in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that the Apostle Paul wrote, "...for by grace you have been saved through faith." and this not of yourself it is the gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast yet here in this passage De- james declares that faith without works is dead because of this seeming contradiction martin luther the great reformer called the epistle of james an epistle of straw uh, he he didn't like it at <laughs> <Wow>. all <laughs> But of course, his theme was was faith alone, mm. and and so this this just does not uh, fit uh, his model. Uh, and uh, as we look at it, we're going to find out that there really is no contradiction. Uh, in fact, as we look at it, we're going to see that James uh, discusses two types of faith in this passage. He talks about a dead faith, but he talks also about a saving faith. As we look at these verses there are, there are just really three segments that that James brings out. And and the first segment is this is that saving faith is much more than a profession or empty words. It's not just the acceptance of a creed. Saving faith produces a life of obedience. Mm. It's evidenced in the lifestyle that is lived. Now, without going into too much detail, uh, a study of the book of Ephesians will also show that the Apostle Paul emphasized the importance of living a godly life. And that's essentially what James is speaking of here. So let's look closer at this passage. As we start in verse 14, James begins with a question, and the question is this. What use is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? Hmm. Now, that's an important question for us to wrestle with, Uh, something for us to research a little bit. I appreciate the fact that James was so gracious as to give us the answer in the next, the next sentence because he, he deals with the answer to that question in verses 15 through 17 as he presents a scenario that answers the question. And let's look at what he says. Verse 15, If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, Be warmed and be filled, yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Hmm. You can say, I have great faith. But until you move on that faith, there is no evidence. We're going to develop that thought a little bit more when we get into the look at Abraham. Uh, But uh, let's just hold off on that for the moment. James goes on to say, in the same way, faith also, if it has no work, is dead being by itself. Jesus talked about the importance of bringing forth the fruit of mm-hmm. repentance. We were called to repentance because of his love, because of his sacrifice. But we follow it up, not simply by believing, but by living a godly life, by taking upon ourselves his nature, his likeness. Uh, Remembering the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a transformation that takes place, and that's what James is talking about here. He's not talking about just giving mental assent to faith i have faith Mm -hmm. he says live it out walk in it
0: so i mean a lot of people then take that and say well then you have to be a good person in order for salvation so where does that because is this a chicken egg scenario
1: which one came first well i believe the faith the saving faith comes Mm -hmm. first the accompanying works follow um and certainly when one has put their trust in Christ there should be a transformation that takes place
0: so is it, i mean would it be safe then to say that absent evidence of your faith you don't
1: have faith is that what james is saying here it's not absent the evidence of faith it's its absence of works that testify to the faith and maybe that's the same thing that you mm-hmm. just said. Yeah, I just used the wrong word. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so they accompany one another. Works without faith isn't going to save you either. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul. So just
0: being a good person isn't is, enough.
1: Isn't going to do it. The Apostle Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 13 talks about being a very generous, altruistic person. He says, if I give away everything that I have to feed the poor, but I don't have love, mm. it's just a bunch of, of busy but busyness. Yeah. If I give my body, you know, if I die, but I don't have love, mm. it's a horrible waste. <laughs> and so there are accompanying... Uh, elements that we need to consider here uh let's let's look at just just the issue of faith uh james is dealing with with someone who just might say i believe in in jesus christ Mm -hmm. uh there's there's a need for going beyond the creedal declaration um you know How many people have, and and James isn't referring to the Apostles' Creed because it came about several hundred years later, but let's use that as a model. I believe in God, the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. If I declare that, is that a statement of faith? Am I saved because of the declaration of the creed? No. I am saved when I say I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and there's transformation. And, and, and what we're
0: talking about or what James is talking about in the works piece of that is that transformation that is being lived out and is visible.
1: Exactly. In fact, uh, the closing scripture that I have here when we get there uh, kind of resonates along mm-hmm. that theme. And so uh, we'll look at it. Uh, Jesus... You know, as we're dealing here with what James is saying, if uh, we see a brother who's who's in need and we say, be warmed, be fed, but be gone mm-hmm. and don't do anything to meet the needs, we haven't done anything for yeah. them. And our faith, I may have faith that they're going to be fed, but if I have it in my means to do to so, feed them. it's incumbent yeah. upon me to do so. If they're they're cold and I say, uh, be warm, yeah good luck good luck you know it's a little chilly out there you may want to button that top button uh you know it it doesn't do them any good Mm -hmm. and it's not evidence of our faith Hmm. jesus addresses the same issue uh and it's kind of a lengthy passage here but it's in matthew chapter 25 verses 34 through 46 uh and he's dealing with the the sheep and the goats Uh, But but listen and see how it it kind of echoes the same thing that that James is saying here. Reading with verse 30. uh, Actually, we're going to start in verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will set in his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them from one another, just as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, "'Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink.' I was a stranger and you invited me in, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, In the extent that you did it to one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it to me. Mm. They were compelled to meet a need with what they had. Now, as we go on, he speaks to those who are on his left and he says, depart from me, you accursed people, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or as a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? and did not take care of you, then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me either. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Hmm. In other words, what Jesus is saying and what James is saying here There needs to be agreement between our profession Hmm. and what we practice. Our lifestyle should demonstrate what we declare. Or to put it just as plain as I can, walk your talk. (laughs) In verse 19... James shows the emptiness of simply declaring that you believe in God. Now, let's let's just recognize it's important to believe in God. In fact, uh, uh as we look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, uh believing that God is is the beginning of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If if you say, I believe in God, and I, I can't tell you how many times over the course of uh, my life, I've talked to people about where they are at spiritually. And and the first thing they'll say, oh, I believe in God. Mm. And they do so as though they've earned some merit badge, or or they they, you know, they've discovered some great nugget of truth. Or is
0: it also the idea that if I say that, then you'll leave me alone, you won't poke at me?
1: Oh, certainly, <laughs> certainly they it's a are. Protection trying, is it's a protection method. They're trying to deflect. Yeah, you know, but oh, don't look at me, I'm fine. No, I I believe I, just I, like I you. believe in God. Yes, uh, I I'm a spiritual person. <laughs> well, James. <laughs> Puts that in context for us here as he says, uh, uh, let's look at that. You believe in God? Well, that's good. So, too, do the demons of hell uh, or the demons that are under judgment. They believe in God. They believe that there is one God and they tremble. So, it's important that we do believe in God, Mm -hmm. but belief in God leads to action. Mm you know, you've got to move the mark a little bit. And so uh, he goes on to say, faith without action is dead. Now, James then gives us two examples from the Old Testament showing that there's synergy between faith and works. Hmm. They, they work together. They work in harmony. They're not opposed to each other, as some have, have supposed the first thing James does is he points to Abraham, who was declared righteous when he believed God regarding having an heir. As, as we look at Genesis chapter 15, in the first three verses, uh, Abraham is having a, a conversation with God, and he's he's just lamenting the fact that he doesn't have an heir, uh, that uh, the one who is going to uh, inherit uh his his estate is Eliezer his servant hmm. uh senior servant uh one who had been with him a great deal a great period of time and El, you know Eliezer was a faithful servant and certainly worthy of of being the heir but Abraham said you know lord i don't have an heir and god said to him verses 4 through 6 of genesis 15 Uh, The Lord said to him, this man will not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And he took him outside. God took Abraham outside and said, now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Now listen, then he believed in the Lord and he, God, credited it to him as righteousness Mm. he believed that was faith he believed in god but to have a child requires more than simply believing is there works involved (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to be delicate here but there are some works involved and and so Abraham believed, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Um,
0: I. It's interesting to me that it was credited to him as righteousness, and still, he tried to do it. Absent, like him and Sarah, Sarah decided to work around and try to make it happen on their own. They how is that still accredited or credited
1: to him as righteousness? Well. That's fascinating. We need to go a little bit further in the process because okay. he fumbled. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's let's just face it. He he fumbled. Sarah, uh, looking at well, she was not looking with the same eyes of faith that mm-hmm. Abraham was. Mm-hmm. And she just says, Abraham, I'm old. I can't do this. My season is past. Take Hagar. Mm-hmm. And if the heir of is going to come through your your body your flesh then take hagar and and have a child with her that wasn't god's plan and as the result of their meddling their works Mm -hmm. now here let's let's look at (laughs) works without faith Uh, and that's what that was it was works without faith mm -hmm. it's not happening sarah and so let's see if we can work it out ourselves ourselves yeah and and that wasn't God's design and God's plan. Uh, as the result of their meddling, they created some issues mm-hmm. that uh, have, we deal with today we we still deal <laughs> yeah. with it today, absolutely. However, let's remember that God chastised Abraham, and he took Sarah to task too mm-hmm. because she laughed at the notion. That within a year she was going to have a child. Uh, But they did have a child. And then we come to Genesis chapter 22, where God appeared to Abraham in a dream and says, I want you to offer that child as a sacrifice to me. Hmm. And this is where faith (laughs) hits the ground. This is where the works come into the companionship with his faith. Hmm because it says in genesis 22 early the next morning having had the dream he got up he got isaac together he took the supplies they made a three-day journey to mount moriah the point the point where god told him this is the place Mm -hmm. he built the altar he bound his son he laid him on the altar but he had declared when isaac had said hey uh, Dad, uh, I see that we have the wood, we have the fire. Where's the lamb? Mm-hmm. Abraham says, God will provide himself yeah. a lamb. Great prophetic verse there. Mm-hmm. God will provide himself a lamb. And certainly that's what we celebrated this last week as we yeah. celebrated Easter. The Lamb of God who came to take the way take away the sin of the mm-hmm. world, was crucified, dead, buried. And resurrected to newness of life, and so too are we in him. But Abraham says God will provide the lamb, and he did Hmm. when Abraham acted upon his faith. and, And we read in Hebrews that Abraham believed even that God would raise up Isaac from the dead because the promise was through him. Yeah that if God wanted him as a sacrifice, that he would mm-hmm. raise him up off of that altar. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, there's a great sermon in this, oh, <laughs> and, and I'm going to try not to go there today. But but sometimes we need to let our dreams die too. Mm. And we'll come back to that another podcast. But Abraham acted upon his faith, mm-hmm. and he was justified by his faith. We read Romans Uh, Chapter three, four uh, speaks powerfully about Abraham's faith. And so uh, Abraham combined his belief with his action and it was credit to him. He was justified by faith. Now. He was justified by the works when he offered Isaac on the altar. And that's where the beautiful harmony of or the synergy between what I call vertical faith and horizontal works mm. comes into the uh, comes into play in his life. And that's where it comes into our world as well. Yeah. When what we declare our vertical declaration, our faith in God finds practical expression to a world that we live in that is desperately in need. Uh, James gives us a, a second illustration here, and and I love the fact that one of the commentators brought out uh, this particular point, and and I think it's such a profound point. Abraham, the great patriarch. You know, we, we don't necessarily identify with Abraham. In fact, uh We might uh, look back in the previous verses in this chapter. Abraham was one of those people who would have come in uh, with fine attire and -hmm. and great wealth and maybe have been given the position of uh, privilege uh, in the assembly. But uh, James draws our attention to uh, Rahab. (laughs) This is where we come into the story. Rahab, an ordinary sinner, hmm. a prostitute yeah. who saved her family because of her faith. Hmm. And, and what she did, her work supported her belief. When these spies came in
0: mm-hmm.
1: to Jericho, you read what she said to them. And you can read about it in Joshua chapter 2. She said, we know what happened Mm -hmm. when you came to the Red Sea, that God dried it up and you crossed over on dry land and our hearts trembled. Mm -hmm. We know that the Lord is with you and we're afraid. (laughs) And those spies said, if you'll help us. Salvation will come to you and your household. She hid them. She let them down over the wall. She hung the scarlet thread there as instructed. And they said to her on the day when we come, if that thread is there, have all of your loved ones gathered together because salvation will come to your house that day. Faith and works coupled together. And it's interesting to see then how she factors into the great redemptive story. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a beautiful story that resulted in the salvation of her household. And so as we see this, what I'm simply saying to the listener today is this. Faith and works go hand in hand. You can't work your way into heaven. Mm-hmm. But neither can you simply sit around and wish your way into heaven either. It's combining the two. Mm. Uh, The question may be asked, well, what about those who never have a chance to to do good works? You know, maybe in that last moment of life, uh, they cry out to the Lord. Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a Mm -hmm. sinner. That's what uh, the thief on the cross cried out to Jesus. And remember what Jesus said to him. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Uh, There's provision Mm -hmm. in the grace of God. But as we walk the path of life as Christ followers, we can't simply sit on the sideline and let others do the work. We have to shoulder the work of the cross Mm -hmm. and carry it forth. Listen to these words of Jesus that I close with today. They're taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Verse 16, now let me remind you just a little bit of what Jesus has, has proceeded this verse with. He says that a city that uh, has light is, you know, you can't hide that light. It's, it's like a city that's set on the hillside. You don't take that light and put it under a, a bushel or hide it mm-hmm. under something else. He says now in verse 16, your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see, listen to this, your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In fact, another verse just occurs to me, Ephesians chapter er, chapter 2, verse 10 For we are his workmanship, created to good works, which God has before ordained for us. Mm. God has called us to works. Now, that's right on the heels. I've already quoted Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, Mm. created to good works. Believe and do. Mm. And then finally, we are called to work out our salvation with fear and trembling.
0: (laughs) That's good. Well, I hope you got some good nuggets out of that. I did. It's always a good reminder that, uh, well, we are to be about our father's business. That's what Jesus said as a little boy. Yes. Yes and I I think that's our that's part of our call as well well thank you Pastor Dave my pleasure another good one I hope you come back next week Um, have a great day stay healthy check in on your uh, your family your loved ones your friends um, and come back next time tell your friends about this if you want to really help out this this podcast and we will continue on as we dig around in James some more Chapter. chapter three coming up next have a good one